0: Once more with commentary, a Buffy podcast where we watch all of Buffy and then talk about it. Uh, usually excitedly. I think now, excitedly. I'm actually super excited to talk about We're in about the both excited section. Yeah. yeah, like things are really good now. I was like just grinning a yeah. lot while watching these but, episodes. But
1: um, I'm Allie. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. And I'm Ginny. Who are we?
0: <laughs> Who are yeah. we? I don't know. People that watch Buffy and talk about it.
1: We can be anonymous that way.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this week we're watching episodes 9 and 10 of season 1. So it's The Puppet Show and then Nightmares. Ugh, um, a
1: choice double feature, I have to say.
0: <laughs> I mean, I just really enjoyed both of these for pretty, I would say, like pretty, well, not different reasons. But um, I don't know. I, I, I really liked them both.
1: The Puppet Show is probably one of my favorites. Um, mm. Just because it's so weird. Like, especially yeah. the end. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah
0: but Nightmares also like that's one like with Never Kill I feel like we talked about this briefly last time like I always forget about yeah. it but now having watched it I don't understand how I forget about it because it was I feel like they touched on so many important things that I was like oh my god Anyway, no, we can, we can talk about that. I don't want to skip ahead. Get but, to that
1: episode, but I had <clears> the exact same thought. Like I was like, yeah. "Oh yeah, this is the one I always forget about." And then I was watching. I was like, "This is so good. Why do I always yeah. forget about this?"
0: <laughs> um, okay, so uh, I'm gonna just give a little rundown on the puppet show, and then we'll get into it. So this one, of course,
2: features a terrifying dummy, like a ventriloquist dummy. Um, and at the
0: at their high school, Giles has been tasked with what. Uh, with arranging the school talent show. So we get to see a lot of students and their lack of talent. Oh my God. Namely, namely Cordelia oh. trying to sing The Greatest Love of All.
1: <laughs> I feel like that's a song that's like really popular to make fun of singing. Like yeah, like people singing. Like it's really prominent in the beginning of Say Anything as well. Like mm-hmm. Joe <laughs> jo is like also singing that song like really poorly. And I don't yeah. know if that's just like people love to make fun There's of that song. Been,
0: I, I suspect people just always sang that song for like a decade um but yeah so one of the one of the one of the talent show acts is this kid morgan who has a ventriloquist dummy and as he's sitting on stage it looks like he is a terrible ventriloquist but then all of a sudden the dummy kind of comes to life and everybody's like oh wow what a great shtick you have morgan of pretending to be bad um but obviously that dummy this is on the hellmouth and this is buffy so the dummy is actually animate Um, aka my worst nightmare mm mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty terrifying.
1: This belonged <laughs> in nightmares. Like, seriously, yeah, I was it, like,
0: <laughs> episode too soon. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised they didn't mention it again, to be honest. But um, anyway, so shortly after the talent show, tri- or not trials, but like their rehearsal, a student is found murdered, this time with her heart removed, which is pretty gross. Um, and they find a knife at the scene of the crime, which is suspicious because like most demons have claws or their own built-in weapons, so you know Giles and the gang are not really sure is this a, is this a demon or is it a human who's just a murderer um, but you know as the episode goes on we see that Morgan and the like the dummy is clearly talking to Morgan and influencing him to do things um, and they of course suspect that the dummy is the one killing killing people and that maybe he's doing it so that he can become human again like if he gets all the right human parts he can piece, he can be a real boy. A body but like do us do yeah exactly do us spell and become real um, so the episode proceeds, they keep hunting the dummy, and then we get this great, like, Buffy's got him nailed to a wall, and then they're like, I'm hunting demons. And he's like, But I'm the demon hunter. What? Just kidding. So, anyway, the dummy turns out is not a bad guy. He's a demon hunter who's been cursed into a dummy body. <laughs> um, and he's like on a quest to kill this demon that is actually hunting the students. Um, and so, by the end of you know, by the end of the episode, it turns out that demon was a different student in disguise. He tries to kill Giles. They have a pretty great fight scene, um, and then Buffy lets the dummy finally kill him, thus breaking the curse on him and freeing himself. And then he dies, and it's sad, and she carries him in, in her arms.
1: Well, that's the thing. The breaking the curse means immediate death because his body's mm-hmm. gone, but. I love that he was like, I just want to be free.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's like uh, the cat in Hocus Pocus. Yes. (laughs) Who breaks the curse, but then it means he's dead. Ugh. Um, But yeah, so, I mean, I like, again, this is like classic, especially in these early episodes, I feel like the show was really focused on like, we're going to twist your, you know, every trope. Like, you're supposed to think that the dummy is the bad one, so of course he's not. Um, although they they milk it pretty well at the end of, there's still kind of a lot of scenes of like, is it him or is it
2: not oh.
1: him? But, well, and also what they do really well is once you know that he was assuming Buffy was the demon, like mm-hmm. they do a really good job of framing like visually like why he thinks that because he's watching her right. investigate and uh, and yeah. you don't know who's watching her, you think it's the demon, right. but it like in retrospect you're like, oh, this works really well, like she's being really suspicious.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, see, that's interesting because I wasn't sure at the end if it was ultimately his his point of view being shown that whole time, or if it was the demon. Well, I think
1: it was his because you're, you're from right. lo- yeah. really low down.
0: Yeah, you're right. But yeah, I mean, I think that even that element of this episode was really clever that you keep seeing things from some unknown perspective. Um, so someone's clearly watching some of the students and some of and Buffy specifically. Um, I mean, in that even this whole like the whole opening. And the whole, this whole episode is very, like, horror movie. This is a tiny horror movie, you know, made for TV. Yeah. Um, Which I feel like they did a lot in season one, and I feel like that kind of gets dropped later. Like, not that, it's always kind of in the, like, bones of the show, but I feel like they're a little bit less, like, set-up shots of, like, girl in the locker room, girl goes to just, you know listen, here's a mysterious sound and goes to investigate it and then gets murdered. Like, I feel like that doesn't really happen as much later. No,
1: on. and I think here they have the freedom more to do that because they're trying to build this world and there is kind of this master plot happening in the background, but it doesn't really impact a lot of the episodes. And so they do kind mm-hmm. of have the freedom to do like a self-contained horror movie. Without worrying about this big overarching plot, which this 100%, you're right, is a self contained horror movie. To the extent that Mm -hmm. I was like wondering, I'm like, is this a bottle episode? Because, like, (laughs) technically, (laughs) it's like not like a set that we've seen before, but like almost the entire episode takes place on this auditorium set. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like just a very, it's almost like a play. Like, they're just like in this stage and Mm -hmm. trying to figure out like why people are disappearing. And, you know, a lot of the big scenes take place backstage or in the. in the auditorium, and it's funny, it's scary as hell, I
2: mean. It was really scary, yeah. but
1: let's just all agree that dummies are just creepy when they're, like, Mm -hmm. made of wood and silent, and, like, yeah. Giving one like life and making it animate is just so wrong. Like I I like have in my notes, like in all caps, no dummies peeking through the window aloud. Like it's just yes. so oh my God. creepy. Like when he's like he gets in her bed
0: and like yeah. oh uh, so bad. Yeah. Um but I also thought that was funny because again, like that was another scene that already freaked you and I out in an earlier episode with Darla, is like yes. there was like shots of people through oh. the window. Like he's there really good at those.
1: <laughs> it's like and um, but the timing is perfect because it's like it's just mm-hmm. late enough that you're like, oh, there's nothing there, and then you see it. But, like, mm-hmm. also, like, Ugh. I was thinking, like, this is really smart, because, like, dummies are inherently creepy, and so, like, mm-hmm. playing on that and, like, dialing it up to, like, ten, but then kind of also, like, the twist, the dummies the good guy, like, that's smart horror, I think. Yeah, yeah. But, oh, um, God, he's so because creepy. Because he's still so creepy.
0: So creepy, even when you find out he's Well, even a when he's the good guy,
1: and you, like, you hear him, like, um... Like, the pitter-patter of his feet? Mm-hmm. Like, where he's running uh-huh. across the, like, the catwalk? <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, no, no, that sound is terrible. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, did your high school have talent shows? I don't know. we had did. like. I don't think we did.
1: Well, I don't think so. We had, like, a musical. Mm. But, like, that was, like, the people who were in, like, the musical did that. Like, it wasn't, like, a
0: talent show. Yeah. Um, the people had well, talent. I guess we had them... Yeah, <laughs> We had talent shows in elementary school, but I don't remember having one in high school. Thank God.
1: Yeah, I, that seems uh, like an maybe, odd maybe. high school thing, but I guess that's a thing that happens.
0: Maybe someone can yeah. remind me and be like, yeah, why don't you remember all these years yeah. of t- well, talent so, shows? But-
1: <laughs> so I did, so on um, the special features of the DVD, <clears throat> there is... Oh, on I this, didn't get time to watch it. Well, mm-hmm. so on this disc, there's um, Joss Whedon talks about Angel and the puppet show, mm-hmm. and he doesn't really mm-hmm. have like a ton to say about it, except he is talking about the puppet show, and he's saying... You know, we have a talent show where we find out that none of these kids has any talent. (laughs)
0: Yeah, they're literally all bad. (laughs) Well, I guess the only good one was the ballerina who gets murdered right in the beginning. Yeah, But, I mean... Um, yeah... But yeah, so, I mean, last week, you were very excited about the introduction of this calendar, but this Um, week, we got that introduction of uh, Principal Snyder, who's one of my all-time favorites. Okay, so
1: that's good, because I was, like, halfway through the episode before I was like, wait, is this the first time we've seen him? It
0: totally is, and he makes so many references to, like, the other principal getting eaten.
1: (laughs) Well, oh no, I love it, he's, like, he's, like, like, basically something along the lines of, like... My predecessor may have gone in for all that touchy-feely stuff, but he mm-hmm. was eaten. Like, yeah, like it was exactly. his fault that he got eaten, because yeah. he was too like, easy on the students.
0: He says it, like, more than once, yeah. too. Um, so it's so funny. And I mean, I do, yeah. Yeah, it's so funny to be like, well, if you know all this, why would you take that job? But I also think, like, they nailed Snyder right from the beginning. Like, I feel like we get that answer later. Why would he take that job? No, Not exactly, but I feel like it's I
1: think it's, we it's, do find out. It's consistent. Yeah consistent with
0: why he would take that job
1: well because I think more um, than once he's always like I hate children or something he does he hates children <laughs> Giles is like so you became a principal uh, because yeah well and Giles is saying that too where he's like he's really mad that he's been forced to head up the talent show because he he's like I tried to explain that I'm a librarian and therefore don't want to spend time
0: with the children <laughs> <laughs> yeah but Giles has an excuse. He's got a greater calling. He's yeah. so The watcher, he has to be there. Well, Snyder um, doesn't know that, though. But, I know.
1: But also, um, so along those lines, though, of, like, just general, like, we do get kind of a lot of, like, the school overview mm-hmm. stuff happening. Like, this is a talent show. It's a school event. We meet the new principal. So Xander says something in this episode that I think we're all thinking, like, all the time. Which is mm-hmm. he's just like I hate this school. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so like, I think this is a really good episode that kind of sums up why someone might feel that way.
2: <laughs> right.
0: Um, I did also like kind of the one again one of the sort of opening scenes is the is Giles like, you know, getting a headache from Cordelia's terrible singing, and then Buffy, Willow, and Xander come up to him and they just start like kind of gently teasing him about how he has to do this thing. Um, but I just think the camaraderie is like. You know, we've seen it a lot already, but I feel like it just makes me happy. They're like a team <laughs> now. And I want to point now. it out, but they're like yeah, teasing geez. him. Yeah, you know, I feel like a couple of episodes, they wouldn't exactly rag on him quite that way, because they wouldn't maybe have been so comfortable, so I think it's sweet to kind of see them all gelling. Yeah. Um, and then that he's also not afraid to make fun of them as soon as they get punished. <laughs> um, but yeah.
1: No. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, could we go, go back to Cordelia, though? Like, Please. Oh. Always. <laughs> her Okay, first of all, her choice of song, just on the nose, like, perfect, but, like, mm-hmm. her whole, I mean, I just feel like I cannot say enough good things about Charisma Carpenter, like, right off the yeah, bat, like,
0: just I agree. so
1: funny. She's so funny. And, like, I love when she's, like, talking about the song, and she, like, thinks it's about, like, personal hygiene, like, she's just, like, she doesn't even, like, stop to think about why she's doing the things that she's doing, like, she just wants to, be, like, she clearly wants to be in the talent show so that people are paying attention to her, not because right. she can sing or has talent or even mm-hmm. no, has put any thought whatsoever into, like, her song choice. Like, it's right. probably, like, the safest song choice she could think of. But, like... Well, except it's so hard to sing. Well, there's but that. Yes. But, like, it's popular, you know, whatever. Right, but like, right, right, right. She's just so funny about all of it. And... I mean, yeah, she's
0: so unashamed. She's, like, who cares? It doesn't matter if I can sing. I'm Cordelia on the stage.
1: <laughs> and I just, like, I really feel like in the episodes where, like, she's not really there or she's, like, more in the background, like, you mm-hmm. really miss this kind of element of it. Because, like, especially when you have, like this horror movie unspooling in the foreground, like, having Mm -hmm. her in the background just providing the comic relief at, like, just the right moment. It's, like, for me, like, if there's an animate dummy running around, I need some Cordelia Mm -hmm. in my show. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I agree.
0: Yeah, no, totally. Kind of going back to Snyder, though, I think another interesting thing is that right off the bat, he seems to have some awareness for what's going on. You know, he knows that Buffy and, and Willow and Xander have, like, missed classes. He knows that they're suspicious. He knows that maybe Giles is friends with them. Like, all—you know, it's just interesting, because I feel like up until that point, the only adults that we've seen are totally oblivious, other than other than Giles, of course. But, like, I guess that's not true, because Miss Calendar also knows what's going on. Okay, so my theory isn't really the cleanest. I just like that he's—you know, we get introduced to this character, and clearly he's going to be— an obstacle for them because he knows that he needs
1: to watch them. No, I think you're not wrong. Like I think the thing about Principal Flutie is like you know he knew mm-hmm. Buffy was maybe a troubled student, but he was also willing to kind of let her have a fresh start. But also, you know, all this stuff is happening in his school around him, and the easiest thing to do is just take the official explanation and like keep going and like not think too hard about it. Whereas Snyder seems by nature. A little more suspicious of things mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. not necessarily that he really wants to uncover the truth, but like he's not going to be willing to like, like if it disrupts his school Put up with anything, well, yeah, but like it's, yeah. it's more because it's not because evil things are happening. It's because it's disruptive to like the running exactly. of his school. And so he's exactly. not going to like stand <laughs> for that.
0: Yeah, um, which is, like, so he totally nails it in his little speech later when he catches Buffy, like, breaking into the locker, Or he's like, there's things I'm not going to tolerate. Students being on campus after hours, students being murdered with their hearts <laughs> ripped out, and also smoking. <laughs> like, like to him, all of those things are equally bad. <laughs> and I
1: love how Buffy's like, well, I don't, I don't do most of those things. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but again, I mean, like, in terms of how he's going to play out throughout the rest of, you know, the series, is, like, he really cares about people following the rules that's what
1: it is and like he mostly gets him. angry when things don't run like a tightly oiled ship like he wants mm-hmm. like his rules to be followed and students to like fall in line because he doesn't want to have to deal with the students so like if stuff isn't going mm-hmm. wrong that's like better for him um mm-hmm. when people are you know unfortunately murdered on his watch he gets really annoyed because it's like more paperwork i'm sure
2: yeah
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah
1: so, let's see. Um, I do want to mention Buffy's leopard print velour oh, dress man. that she wore okay, for, like, the entire episode. <laughs> I, first, I thought it was, like, a shirt, and then I was like, no, this yeah. is a dress, and then I was like, I don't care, <laughs> I'm not a fan.
0: It's so short. <laughs> I was mostly just puzzled by, like, how she's, like, not actually falling out of it. Not, like, in a judgmental way. She looks totally fine, you know.
1: Yeah, but that's but, not going to pass the fingertip test. Not, like, come so on. Yeah,
0: yeah, Principal spider. Yeah, where, why are you enforcing the dress code? <laughs> uh, I also really liked in the scene where she's um, getting ready for bed when we see the terrifying dummy in the window. Um, she's definitely using a Bath & Body Works hand lotion. Oh,
1: yeah. Well, she is 16. I like spied it. I was like,
0: oh, my God. It's like I remember those exact containers.
1: She's 16. Let's not forget. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, but, yeah, so... Um,
1: I feel like that's all I have to say about this one, which yeah. is upsetting because I do really like it. Okay, well, no, I did. Okay, so okay. I did. Like I said, I watched the um, the special features, mm-hmm. which really, I mean, it's like two seconds of just Whedon talking about these. Which one? He looks crazy young, which is like, yeah. I mean, he has like hair. Like I was like, wow. Yeah. Um, but he was talking about the so they filmed the um, the scene where they're performing their dramatic scene in the. In the, um, I want to keep calling it the puppet like show, but in the talent, the talent mm-hmm. show, um, mm-hmm. yeah, like the credit scene, and they filmed that only for the credits, and I guess it was only going to air like one time, Funny. like it doesn't air in the reruns supposedly. Mm-hmm. I, I guess that's what he's getting getting at. But um, apparently, he's like, this took us the longest to film of anything <laughs> we've ever done because no one could stop laughing. <laughs>
0: I mean it was so funny too the whole that that is another thing that I wrote down that like it's possible that I was just like a little bit drunk when I was watching these episodes but I laughed so much during this the, the puppet show specifically like everything about it the final scene where like they have like a, a Beheaded demon on stage, and, like they just get caught. Like the curtain pulls up on them, and they're in front of the whole auditorium. I'm like, oh my god, that won't made me laugh so hard. And then that they have oh, like
1: actual talent performance. Because then was... someone's like, is it avant garde? Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> Everyone's like, of um, what? <laughs> I mean, that's also like a really clever way to show how they're kind of they, how they sometimes get away with the, these things, just like circumstantially. Like, I guess that could be a set.
1: <laughs> Who would really know? <laughs> exactly. Um, well, it looks like part of a magic show, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I'm still laughing about it. Well, because we so
1: because the demon, we haven't really talked that much about the the actual demon. It's true. Yeah. So the demon was harvesting organs to stay in a human shape, I guess, for Mm -hmm. like seven years. Mm -hmm. Which is interesting because the demon in its real form, like, didn't really have claws or um, maybe couldn't. (coughs) Excuse me. Maybe couldn't, like, transform into its demon form at will. Like, maybe once it's in the Mm -hmm. the human form, it's stuck in the Mm -hmm. human form. So that's... I think that's what it was. That's why the knife and everything. But, so we didn't mention that the demon actually killed Morgan for its for his for his 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 brain, brain. yeah. And then discarded the brain, and they didn't really know why, but it comes to find out Morgan had, like, brain cancer. Yeah, yeah,
0: that is kind of...
1: So then yeah, that's why they assume that he's going to go after Willow because he wants mm-hmm. the smartest brain, which is, I guess, implied that he went after the ballerina for her heart because she had the best one. I, <laughs> I guess ballerina yeah, no, no. or ballet is a pretty heat endurance sport, um, mm-hmm. but they think he's going to go after Willow, and then turns out Giles is already there, and Giles mm-hmm. is, is like, you're really smart, Mr. Giles, and like that's <laughs> just not telegraphing anything. Um yeah, but the... So the demon was kind of, like, in the background because he wasn't really the focus. Like, he's mm-hmm. killing people, obviously, but, like, the, you're so distracted by this dummy. But the demon itself was, like, a little bit creepy looking. It was, it was kind creepy. of
0: like a lizard-ish yeah. thing.
2: I mean, and even that, I
0: think... Uh, the little... The last fight scene, so, like, Giles is strapped down because the demon's trying to cut off his head in his guillotine, which was part of his magic set prop. <laughs> um, and then Buffy's fighting the demon and um, Willow and Xander come and they're trying to save Giles from the guillotine slipping but I thought I was like man why aren't they just lowering it down slowly you know and like so logically I was like this doesn't make any sense but it was for the great payoff of later getting to stick the demon in there and let it fall and chop off his head I don't know I was just like okay I see why you you did that and I totally love it even if it was like not logical in how they would probably behave but I really liked it I thought that fight scene was was so like clever and cute
1: Also, like, who allows a student to bring a working guillotine to the magic show?
0: Well, I guess that's what Giles gets for not taking his job very
2: seriously.
0: (laughs) He didn't notice it was real. (laughs) I mean, honestly, do you know the difference between, like, a prop guillotine and a real one? I'm not sure I would. I mean, I'm assuming that that.
1: the fake one doesn't really have a very sharp blade, because it's not actually cutting mm. anything.
0: Not true. I've seen that magic trick before, where somebody puts a cantaloupe in there, and they chop it, and then they put somebody's hand in there, and it doesn't chop it. I don't know. So it does <laughs> have to be a real blade at some point. I mean, I don't... I'm not interested in looking up how magicians <laughs> do, their, do their tricks, but...
1: You could just um, watch The Prestige. <laughs> I could. I've actually never seen I it, before though. I one. haven't either. I, I, I know which <laughs> other one you're talking <laughs> yeah. about, because they, they came out at, like, the oh, same yeah. time, right? Yeah? Something that I, There was, like... Yeah. They were, like, um, back-to-back, like, magic movies or something. Mm-hmm. And, like, really, like, high-profile people were in these movies, too. The, yeah. Is it The Illusionist? Was that yeah. the other No, one? no, no, no. That's the other one. Yeah. That had, oh,
0: yeah you're, right.
1: yeah, you're right. But that came right, out, out right. around the same time as The Prestige. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: I can't even remember which one is supposed to be good. Although well, I think people <laughs> like both, but...
1: That's a really good question, because I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, okay, so I did have a couple of other things to say about this episode. Okay. Um, one is that i i thought it was interesting um you know when the dummy reveal is revealed to be a demon hunter and he's like oh i've met other slayers before Mm. and he he kind of makes a comment about like well i've lived a lot longer than most slayers and i just think that that's like you know it's just always in the background of the show is that buffy has a shortened lifespan like because she's the slayer she's We never know how long she's going to live. And I just think that that was a really, you know, it's just a nice way to kind of keep it in the background of, like, hey, I'm I'm also a demon hunter, and, like, you're never going to live this long. Like, people are always telling her that. Right. All the evidence is that she's not going to make it past, like, 20 if she's lucky.
1: Well, yeah, and um, that's, like, a really interesting point. I mean, just kind of hammering home her, like, very short mortality. Um, mm-hmm. But also I thought it was interesting We learned that this, the reach of the Slayer network Is a little bit obviously more global Than you might initially assume Like he mm-hmm. was saying the last Slayer was Korean mm-hmm. um, and well, I, the one that he knew yeah. Well, the one that, yeah, the one that he knew But I assume like Korean living in Korea Not like, mm-hmm. you know, um, Korean American In the US Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like why wouldn't she be hunting Korean vampires Or non-Korean vampires in Korea mm-hmm. um, I thought that was really cool Like we kind yeah, of really like point, yeah. Learn that, like you know, the Slayer's not always American, so.
0: Right. Yeah, no, that is a really.
1: Which maybe explains why of, Giles yeah. speaks like five languages. So. True. Because you never know, like, where she's gonna be from.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, I know another really important part about this episode, and this is like a little bit spoilery, but um, this is definitely, or this in my memory of the other eight episodes we've watched is the first time. Um, where we get an episode where everybody tells Buffy she's wrong and she turns out to be completely 100% right about everything. <laughs> um, I feel like that is the thing that it's const- it constantly happens in the later seasons where people are like, you're just too close to it or you're just focused on it because of X, Y, Z. Like, right away when she's like, that, there's something wrong with that dummy. Everyone's like, mm, but you said you're afraid of dummies, so also I think you're just exaggerating. But like, for, for a really long time throughout the episode and then even after the dummy is revealed to be a demon hunter... Uh, And then he escapes, and they're all like, wait a minute, maybe he just lied to us about that. Buffy's like, no, I know he's fine. Like, she, her instincts are so, so good. She's never wrong. Which, like, I can't ever decide if that's a flaw in the show or if it's a strength. But I think it's notable. She's never wrong about anything.
1: I mean, I think she's... You know, I think they, they tend to forget that she's had more experience at this, and we tend to forget too because we don't see like she's had like one or two years previous to this of like hunting down these vampires and yeah. I don't think she had a lot of demon hunting experience before she came mm-hmm. to the Hellmouth, but you know, like she has had to reason her way through some of these things. And and I think also people are dismissive because Buffy's not very like book smart. Like she doesn't right. she doesn't right, apply so herself unusual. but she doesn't mm-hmm. yeah, but she's really gifted at this one thing. I mean it is her mm-hmm. calling. Like she has these abilities. Totally right. And you're right, of course they like under undercount her but I I think eventually they either no, well I know I think yeah well I'm saying like, I think eventually they they give her a little more like by the end of the series, you know, she's definitely deferred to as, like, the leader. Like, she's given that takes, respect, but it takes a long time. But also, they are still, even in the se- seventh season, like, doubting her and, like... That's what I was going to say. It goes
0: all the way through seven, season seven yeah, but I people think, are questioning her. But yeah. I
1: wonder at that point if it's not necessarily because of her. It's because then at that point they've all been doing this for seven years and they all feel that's like true. they have different perspectives and levels of expertise on these matters. So, Mm -hmm. um, and not to get too into the seventh season, but, like, there's a lot going on, so I think they... Right, right, right. Everyone's a little bit scared,
0: and... It's true. And and when I mean... And also, like, I said, Buffy's right about everything all the time. Obviously, I mean right about these kinds of things and not... She makes tons of terrible decisions over oh, the course of the show. she's not like, infallible, In her for personal sure. life, yeah. And
1: maybe but, that's part of it. Like, maybe those decisions kind of stack up and undercut her authority a bit because she's... I kinda she, think so. She kind of yeah. proves that, like, in the choice of doing the right thing or what she really wants to do, like, she's not always going to make the best choice. She's going to make the best choice for her.
0: Well, okay, I don't agree with that.
1: No, no, no. I'm not saying in every oh. example. I'm saying, like, her bad choices are made pretty much out of, like, selfishness, and, like, Hmm. you know, I mean, she does make some selfless choices, let's not forget about that, there's an entire episode called Selfless, so
0: (laughs) that's true. true. Well, and season two is what I'm thinking of, too, like, she does make really significant personal sacrifices in the line of duty, and she makes those choices repeatedly, so it is, I do get annoyed in the later seasons when people are like, but we don't know if we can trust you, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. (laughs) Um, But anyway, yeah, but I did... That might not be right. No, I'm... Mm. well there is an episode called selfless but i can't remember if it's the one that you're thinking of or not it's probably not yeah actually i think it's not i can't remember which one that is though
1: mm. no i'm gonna have to look um up. yeah
0: okay well my last note about this episode is actually not really about this episode but um i did one time uh go see this really really interesting documentary called her master's voice which is about um a ventriloquist named Nina conti who's like she's still like she's contemporary she isn't Oh, well, I don't know how, I saw this movie a few years ago, I assume she's still working, but I actually don't know if she's still doing this, but she's a ventriloquist, and her, like, main puppet is a little monkey. <laughs> oh, um, you
1: showed me made... this. mm mm-hmm. um,
0: She was also in that show with Chris O'Dowd that was on HBO for, like, half a season. That's what, I... like...
1: oh yeah, she was yeah. in uh, that um, uh, the Christopher Guest show, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The Family Tree. Mm-hmm, yeah, that mm-hmm. show was great, by the way
0: but so she anyway but she made this she made this really great it's just such a great documentary i need to watch it again but um her like mentor is a guy in who like helped a lot of people with these kind of like performance careers like he's not like super famous but it seems like he is the sort of person who had his fingers like in a lot of things um and he um he passed away and um so she takes his like ventriloquist dummy to this like ventriloquist museum that i think is in kentucky and then along the way, like, hits up some conventions and, like, does a lot of interviews with people. And it's interesting because, like, she's very, like, she her she seems, she's very personable and she seems really, like, easy to, talk, easy to talk to. She's very beautiful, like, but then, you know, she goes to these conventions where there's a lot of people who, like, have a hard time expressing themselves. And that's why they have dummies because it's, like, a weight. It's just, like, an alter ego for them where they get to say all these things that they otherwise have a really hard time voicing. Um, But I totally was thinking of that because there's, like, a scene where Morgan's like, it's not me talking, it's the dummy. But that's, like, seems to be kind of a common thing that, that people who are really into ventriloquism, like, that they say or believe is like this is not me this is someone else but and then this is that's me. an
1: example of how Buffy's taking it and dialing it up even better yeah, because exactly. like yeah. yes maybe this is maybe there's they did some research on this ventriloquism community and like they know that's how people kind of explain it like it's not me mm-hmm. it's the dummy but like in this case it like actually is the dummy and like <laughs> mm-hmm. but like in real life that wouldn't be the case hopefully there are no animate dummies out there as
0: far as we know I'm gonna send you like a little postcard of well and also I think the thing is like you're <laughs>
1: talking about this particular ventriloquist like to me that's Mm. entirely less frightening that she's using a monkey to talk to oh totally hers
0: is so adorable he's like a little stuffed animal It's not even a yeah yeah, no her work is funny too she's very very talented and I highly recommend her master's voice wherever you can watch it
2: yeah, because on the a,
0: show
1: that she was on, that was part of it, was, like, she mm-hmm. could express herself through the monkey. But the monkey mm-hmm. had, like, a slightly different personality, and the monkey mm-hmm. was a little bit, like, crass and, like, weird. She and like crass. Yeah.
0: Um, Actually, when I saw that movie, it was at a um, – like, they were airing it outside at in Queens, and she was there, and she did a Q&A afterwards, and she had monkey with her. I think his name is Monkey. Oh, cool. It was really good. Sorry. Go
1: ahead. No, no, no. I'm not – I'm just saying, I'm, like, I'm glad that you brought this up because I was, like – coming out of this episode just like cementing every feeling I always have about how creepy <laughs> ventriloquism him. is but like there are more contemporary versions and less yeah. like like I mean a very stiff wooden dummy is just I mean they look creepy like first of all they're dolls so like dolls yeah. are inherently a little always bit creepy, creepy and like yeah. but also it's because they're like more animate than a doll and like because mm-hmm. they're given a voice even if it's mm-hmm. not their voice they're they're assigned mm-hmm. and given a personality and a voice and like that's that's kind of what helps make us all real. And, like, yeah. I, yeah. I don't... It's too much. Like, I don't want yeah. that. like yeah. So I'm glad you brought all this up because I, it, yeah. it reminds me that, like, there are less frightening versions of ventriloquism out there, and it seems yeah. to be a skill that, well, it looks like, I mean, incredibly difficult to learn to do well, mm-hmm. but also, like, you know, helps people maybe and is kind of a form yeah, of expression yeah. and, and of, of a very valid form of artistry. Yeah,
0: um, she's very kind to them in her documentary and also I left this out but the really the most poignant kind of thing about the whole movie is like she's it's just her filming it it's like her and she had like one cameraman or something but it's also about her grief over her mentor's death and it's like they definitely loved each other like maybe romantically I kind of forget that those details but like she has to go like say goodbye to him and she's doing it in this way but it's like it's really sad also I don't know this was a lovely piece of work
1: Is that going to be your pop culture um, probably recommendation? (laughs) Even
0: though I haven't seen it in five years,
1: (laughs) it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, Okay. So, do you have any more thoughts on the puppet show? No, I will just wrap up with saying that I do enjoy it as like you know, the master's not in this, angels not Mm -hmm. in this. Like there's Mm -hmm. no vampire activity. It's like a, it's kind of it's like like you said earlier, like this is really contained story, like, this horror story, like, within it, and it's, like, I think it's just, like, really proving, like, the writers, like, stretching their legs with, like, what they can mm-hmm. do. Like, you know, Joss Whedon was saying in this feature, like, they always intended to tell the, like, creepy, possessed demon, or the creepy, possessed ventriloquist dummy story, because it's, like, <laughs> of a horror trope, essentially, mm-hmm. but, like, how could they do that with a twist, and, mm-hmm. um, I think they really it's did a good, good, good job. yeah a,
0: They did. I really like this episode. And even, yeah, just, like, the pacing at the end, like when you know that Giles is in danger, but you haven't quite seen it, like, I really feel like they timed, especially the second half of the episode, like, I was, like, almost on the edge of my seat, and I've seen this episode, like, a dozen yeah. times, so I was like, oh, my God, this is so well done. Well, and then, like, it's totally a good, Allowing
1: yeah. the episode to wrap up and then just have this pure comedy gold mm-hmm, at the end mm-hmm, of it, just, mm-hmm. I was, like, just cracking up, like, and that yeah, scene me is, too. So funny. It's and, so funny. And it is the only time I think that they run a credit sequence like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. But man, Joss Whedon proving early on he can nail a credit sequence. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was God, so, no, good. That so good. that uh,
0: was so good. P.S., your birthday's coming up, so I hope you want a dummy. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs>
1: I was like, and?
0: <laughs> I know just what to get you oh, this year. Oh, no. <laughs> my birthday's
1: not, I'm not celebrating this year. It's not happening, so.
0: Nope, yes, you are. You will if I send you a dummy. <laughs> <laughs> not if you're giving
1: me a dummy. That's a non, that's a non-day. It's not happening. Okay. Why do you want to ruin um, my birthday? I'm going to, Ham- I'm going to Hamilton. It's going to be a beautiful day and you want to send me a dummy. <laughs> I hate
2: you. <laughs> be so funny.
0: <laughs> I'm like almost crying just picturing it. <laughs> I hope
1: you send it to my office so that I can scream and oh embarrass my myself oh in front my of all my
2: coworkers.
0: Okay. I, I won't. I promise.
1: I'm just going to throw it away from me and whoever it hits, they're the new owner of the tummy. Okay. Oh, God. All right. Now I'm going to have nightmares about my birthday. <laughs> well,
0: that's a great segue into the next episode. I huh? know. I was trying really hard <laughs> to do that suddenly. Um Yeah. So you want to give a little summary uh, for episode yeah, 10? Yeah, so...
1: Nightmares and once again, mm-hmm. just right off the top, I want to mention that this is an episode that refuses to stick in my memory, but mm-hmm. but it's actually really good. So and it's, I mean, I can get into it later a little bit more, yeah, but like, yeah. so you just have this um, it starts out like a normal like a normal day, like you know, it's like the weekend's coming up. Buffy's excited; her dad's gonna come um, pick her up for the weekend, and mm-hmm. we've never met Buffy's dad yet, mm-hmm. so it's kind of like an introduction of this new character we get kind of teased about and. Mm-hmm. So, they're just kind of going through like a normal day, and then all of a sudden, like weird stuff kind of starts happening. Like they're all sitting in class, and um, a bunch of spiders um, like burst out of this kid's textbook, and it's like the Mm. Hellmouth. So it's like they're all a little bit wigged, but they're kind of like, well, maybe it's just like a weird thing that happened.
0: Like (laughs) you know, it just happens sometimes. Well, yeah.
1: Like honestly, no one's really that bothered by it. Like because they're they're not like like the kid whose textbook it was. Like he's really bothered. I was just gonna say him. Yeah, but like everyone else. But then, yeah. like, other weird stuff, like, keeps, like, happening, and eventually they're kind of like, well, let's go talk to this guy, and he tells them that, like, this is a recurring nightmare that he has that, mm-hmm. um, you know, spiders, like, come out of his, like, and attack him, and when this happens, like, Buffy notices, like, a little boy, like, in the school hallway, um, which is weird, and it's kind of weird to me that she doesn't question that a little bit more. I agree. She kind of lets that go pretty far
0: before she's Um, like, oh, I see him.
1: (laughs) But then slowly, like, you know, the day's continuing or the the week and, like, stuff keeps happening, but, like, it's so subtle and, like, specific Mm -hmm. to each person that it takes a while for everyone to kind of put the pieces together. Like, you know, Giles gets, um lost in the stacks and like Mm -hmm. everyone's just kind of like what's up dude like the old guy is getting lost in the stacks and like Mm -hmm. Buffy realizes she's like missing a test and like not Mm -hmm. knowing where like the class is and Mm -hmm. um you know like everyone's kind of like well this is kind of weird but like they don't really put it together until Xander walks into a classroom one minute fully clothed then <laughs> practically naked and then willow's like wait isn't this a nightmare that you've had and they mm-hmm. start kind of realizing like these are all very specific nightmares that they've had and from there things just kind of escalate and um well first this girl goes down in the school basement mm-hmm. and for, to, smoke, to after smoke principal snooty specifically related <laughs> principal snooty i'm sorry
0: i like here. it can we call him that <laughs> <laughs> i'm just mixing them up um, them one so motorcycle.
1: she goes down first of all she goes in the basement for a smoke break i know whatever, what like yeah. go outside like normal people <laughs> and um and this monster like comes and attacks her and she lives but she's like they go to the hospital to visit mm-hmm. her and she's telling them you know what he said and everything um And they realize that, like, there's another kid that's been attacked, and he's in a coma. And so they start to put the pieces together that, like, maybe this little boy that Buffy's been seeing is the kid in a coma, and he's somehow Mm -hmm. trapped in his own nightmare, and since it's the Hellmouth. The easy explanation is, hey, this stuff can happen. So, like, the world is just evolving into, like, a living nightmare, essentially.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, You know, Buffy encounters the Master, and Mm -hmm. she gets buried alive, and then she gets turned into a vampire, and, like, all of these. And then... Um, eventually they have to they figure out that they need to confront this monster and fight him and let the little boy confront his fear of this monster Mm -hmm. and everything goes back to normal Um, turns out the monster is this manifestation in this boy's mind of his little league coach who was Mm -hmm. beating him which is a very Crazy. real world yeah. problem to yeah. like introduce and like they gave it like this like I wasn't really sure what they're going for here like with I, this metaphor of like no, I agree with child you. abuse turning into like I, it was a little bit weird. Well, um, I think
0: I know what they're. Well, I'll talk about it. Okay. In a minute but yeah, yeah, but no, I think the conclusion is a little bit sloppy. <laughs> yeah even if I think the conceit is, like, really interesting, but then it's kind of this weird, like, oh, I think that one didn't totally get time to, like, breathe.
1: Yeah, but, you know, it all gets wrapped up. Buffy goes off into the sunset with her dad for the weekend, and mm-hmm. and, and I do love the little boy wakes up and with a very, like, you were there, and you were there, and yeah. you were there, like, very Wizard of Oz-ish. Uh-huh. Um... And that was like a very quick run through, and I do want to talk more about the nightmares because I feel like it's oh, yeah. so well done. Like
2: it is. I mean, oh, we're in gosh. this is
1: episode nine or ten and ten. 10. and like, but we're already realizing how specific to each character these nightmares actually are. Mm-hmm. It's so well done.
0: Um, can we address what I consider to be the elephant in the room? Sure. How is that kid not Joseph Gordon Levitt? I I was like I'm I wrote notes. I
1: said he looks like Joseph Gordon Levitt. I
0: literally. I looked up it up on IMTV and it didn't say his name. I was like, IMDb is wrong. <laughs> I was like, I keep searching. I kept searching to try and find evidence that it was true. I swear I, to God, it's him. It's not him, but it looks so
1: much like him.
0: I honestly think this is like an alternate reality split where like I used to live in a universe where it was Joseph Gordon Levin and I confirmed that fact, but in fact it's Oh
1: not true. like a Kazam Shazam situation. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Or Bernstein Bears, can we not talk about that? <laughs>
0: okay, now you can talk about the nightmares. I just you get that off my chest. I spent the whole episode being like, i not I don't, don't
1: anyway. want to bring this up because then I'm gonna go down the Bernstein <laughs> Bears tangent and like that really makes me question a lot of my early childhood. So
2: Okay, okay. No more we alternative don't have to talk about it reality anymore. that I was.
1: Um, no, so I love the way that, so the nightmare is like, it starts out really subtle. Like, mm-hmm. you, like these very, like the spiders. And then they kind of realize it's this dream that this kid's ha- kid has. And like that kid had some real issues with spiders he and did. like yeah. survivor <laughs> guilt, essentially. Um, G- but then, like, Giles gets lost in the stacks. Survivor then <laughs> well, <laughs> Sorry,
0: Because funny,
1: his spiders all died and he <laughs> right, didn't... Right. Say, I don't know. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: um, maybe that's not the right <laughs> condition to no, apply to that. No, it is. just funny <laughs> to picture him having
0: that for spiders, which I guess I don't want to hate on anyone's love for spiders. So that's fine. Ooh, They're
1: his uh, pets. Yeah. Um, but, like, Giles gets lost in the stacks and then he can't read. And, like, for mm-hmm. Giles, these are, like... Very, I like things like if Giles can't read, he can't do his job. If he gets lost in the stacks, like he works in a library, like that's a horrible nightmare um Buffy realizing she's missing her history test and like then not knowing where the class is I have this dream
0: (laughs) all the time and I don't know why
1: I've been out of high school for 13 years and Mm. I have a recurring dream where I cannot find my math class and it turns out we're like at the end of the semester we have a final Mm -hmm. and I'm like I don't know what we learned but
0: like yeah whatever that's how mine always is too It's always like oh my god I'm in this class wait I haven't gone to this class a single time
1: but like I love that these are like very character specific and especially because Buffy's it's already established like her problem history like history is her problem subject and like and and, like she sits with Cordelia in the class and like so Cordelia is coming to get her like the way it all weaves in with reality is really clever because it's like really low key in a way that like no one's really noticing that something's wrong but like something's off and it's like Mm -hmm. it's really cool and then like Um, and it is very dreamlike
0: the way that like when you're in a dream and you're like it takes you so long to real you know until you wake up you don't know that it's not real but like
1: also like you know the mom showing up at school or Xander being Mm -hmm. naked or um, like Willow's dream where she's like forced to like perform and -hmm. and then the Xander one with the clowns like
2: which also like
1: come on like back to back we've got animated dummies and murderous clowns so unfair Mm -hmm. Um, but like these are dreams that like people have and like so it's like at that point they kind of realize what's going on but um you know and then we end with like the ultimate one of like giles's worst nightmare is buffy dying um, um i'm sorry you're skipping over
0: which the one most gut-wrenching one which one did i skip when buffy's dad tells her that she's oh, the reason they split oh, up yes and that okay. he doesn't love her or I did, essentially all of those things
2: that's right um that, one that is one, Also, like there's
0: no way she could tell that that's not real
1: that scene is harsh and like that scene is so rough also because like she's already established that she's talking with Willow and these are like maybe Mm -hmm. concerns that she had in the back of her mind like she's like saying like you know they were fighting a lot but also like me being the slayer probably didn't help and like all of this and then he just lays that out and like oh god like it's so but I also love like okay at the end like when they all realize what's been going on like she doesn't even hesitate and she just like walks up hugs her dad like Mm -hmm. knows it was the nightmare like that's not really like she kind of gets that confirmation of like that's a just a like her own mind like working against her kind of thing Mm -hmm. but that's the thing like these nightmares like these it's just really well done the way they like kind of sneak in into reality but then as like fabric of reality starts to fall apart more and more they get more vivid and involved in like um like the master coming when it's like that little pocket of the Um, night graveyard um, across the street yeah (laughs) I mean it's just really good and I love the way like the master just kind of sneaks into it like he's really not involved Mm. but like he
0: yeah I did like that I did like that scene Um, where he and Buffy confront each other for the first time well Um,
1: and and Buffy's also like this isn't real it's a dream and like I love I love when he's like a dream is a wish your heart makes yeah (laughs) he's like this is real (laughs) So creepy, but, like, it's all within this dream world and, like, of this kid in the coma, but, like, and he doesn't, and the kid doesn't know what he's doing, He's and he's, like, not going to come out of the coma because it's safe, like, he's mm-hmm, hiding. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I just, like, the way they do this, like, it, it could just be, like, you know, everyone's nightmares come real, like, oh, right, no. Right, but, like, right. it's just, no, it's, like, really well done the way it, like, unfolds.
0: I agree. Which, I mean, that's, like, going to be a thing, again, not only are, like, dreams and prophecy are, like, huge themes throughout the whole series, but they do dream episodes really well also. Like, that's yeah. that'll come up again, too. Not in
1: the same way, but, like... Well, so, actually, that was something that I was questioning, because there is a very significant dream episode at the end of mm-hmm. season four, which is one mm-hmm. of my all-time favorite episodes mm-hmm. of this show. And I feel like the Willow stuff in this mm-hmm. one, I might be remembering it wrong, and maybe I always confuse this episode with that one, no. but, like, I think some of Willow's... It things, happens there, too. Right, yeah. okay, so some of these elements come back well, into play.
0: Okay, that's a, I think we should put a pin in that, because I have a whole, I've got a whole little thesis for this whole episode.
1: Okay. but About things that happened
0: in this episode that, like, almost verbatim happen again later.
1: Okay, well, we can talk about that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, first, I really do want to mention that Xander's an idiot, and he knows yeah. that this nightmare situation is happening, and yeah. he's finding chocolate all over the ground, and he's like, <laughs> I'll just eat it. Like, that sounds great. Why not? Like... Sander, what the hell is wrong with you? you?
0: Said Sander, why are you so dumb? (laughs) And, like, he hears the clown laughing, and at that point, I think he does kind of know what's going on. Also, like, why are there all those vinyl curtains? I don't understand that, but whatever. I guess that was somebody else's nightmare.
1: um, I do really love when that girl goes down in the basement that Mm -hmm. she gets beat up by the monster that that then there's a sign that's like smoking kills yes
0: yes that's actually not the first time there was a smoking kills poster either it's a different one but I (laughs) there's another thing that I wrote down in my little notes I was like that their props department must have not had any (laughs) copywriters because they just like always reuse that there's whenever in the last episode uh Buffy was practicing with a crossbow she was aiming at a sign that said smoking kills
1: yeah um, also, speaking of signs, Willow has a Nerf Herder sign ah, in her locker. Yep. <laughs> Shout out to Nerf Herder.
0: Yeah. Uh, they, um, they do our theme song. They do our theme song. <laughs> yeah, they wrote it for us.
1: <laughs> hey, we, uh, we, we use, use their music in, uh, mm-hmm. in our intro.
0: Yeah, um, which is super cute. Um, and also, the little piece of trivia is that Allison Hannigan is the one who suggested them, oh. like recommended them to Dross because they were having a hard time. I think they actually recorded a different Theme song, like they paid somebody to compose one and they were really unhappy with it. And so then uh, Joss was like, we'll just look for some local bands, and Allison recommended them. That was how they got the gig.
1: Wow. Good on Allison Hannigan.
0: Appropriate that she has their um, little sticker in her locker.
1: Um, also, we do get like a very quick. Um, Check in with the master at the beginning mm-hmm. of the episode, mm-hmm. um, which I was kind of thinking, like, okay, so the whole master's lair set, I think, is part of what makes this season especially feel, like, really campy. Like, yeah. the torches and the flame, and they're all underground, and, and I, there's obviously story reason for this. Like, he's mm-hmm. trapped underground, I get it, but, like, it, it's just so divorced from the rest of the show.
0: Yeah. No, you're totally um, right. But we He's do. He's not a very good big
1: bad. No, it's, it's just totally, I think they've done in the later seasons a much better job of integrating the big bad with like the actual, mm-hmm. like, and I, I think part of that is maybe growing pains of a season one of like, you can't dive in too soon into the mythology because like, or the big bad, yeah. like overarching story, because we're still trying to establish what are the rules of exactly. this world. Yeah. Um, but we do get confirmation that the anointed one is undead.
0: I know. <laughs> I wrote that down. <laughs> so because then when you, you were a boy, wondering. <laughs> I know, I know. I was like my first thought. I was like, all right, I give up. You're right. I think it would be more interesting if he were just an evil little boy, but fine. Yeah. Um, I mean again in the early seasons they were working really hard, I think, to make sure that we didn't think Buffy was a murderer, so
1: fine. Yeah. Well he's not, and he's so not human. That is one thing that actually was in this little featurette that I watched that um mm-hmm. so he was saying that they you know, when they started the show, there's a lot of rules around vampires like Every vampire movie, TV show has its own mythology around vampires. Um, and they wanted to kind of come up with their own, which is why he was saying that the vampires turn into dust. Because, um, you know, in other movies, like you, maybe you have like a really old vampire, it'll crumble into dust if you kill it. Mm-hmm. But he's like, I really wanted all of them to turn into dust. One, because it's like practical. Like <laughs> you're not spending 20 minutes getting rid of a body. Like mm-hmm. you don't really have to like... Um, build that into the show too much also he didn't want it to look like Buffy was running around murdering people like that she's not a murderer she's killing monsters and so if they turn into dust it like it's a a better signal that they're like actual monsters and not Mm -hmm. people um which because I think later in season three we get an example of what it would look like if they didn't do that um Mm -hmm. so I think that's really interesting and then um also he just thought it looked really cool yeah I agree Yeah,
0: I mean, I mean, if nothing else, for the like, yeah, I don't have time to wonder how they're hiding all those bodies. It's bad enough that they face a lot of demons that don't explode, but yeah. like,
1: it's never yeah. really clear what they do with the demon
0: bodies. Honestly, it's not. Well, they, they make they do make reference later on to them, like burying them. I got. They definitely talk about it. There's like a
1: whole um, popper's grave in the Sunnydale Cemetery of <laughs> demons.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I also. <laughs> It's just a little side note that somebody's in Sunnydale's nightmare is CGI bees. Yeah. <laughs> like zoom out for a, a, a totally unrelated scene to just see like weird well, insects circling the town, but they don't develop it. And it no, good. I mean, that's the thing,
1: like once it devolves fully. Like, it's too many nightmares to even remember to mention. Like, the doctor, mm-hmm. like, his hands get messed up and, mm-hmm. um, because it's just, like, nightmares happening right and left, like, everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. Um, my biggest I nightmare... I the point of that scene.
0: It just looks so bad. That's, like, such a, like, ugh, your production. Yeah. The CGI has never good in this show, but especially in season one. You should have just steered clear.
1: <laughs> well, they, I thought they would have saved all this money on the, um, puppet show. Like, only having
0: <laughs> everything happen <laughs> one on set. one set. <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> But uh, also they kept referring to it as a kitty league game, which yeah I thought that was that, weird. Maybe, that drove me nuts actually. Maybe little league is trademarked or something. Could be maybe. Um, Oops, I didn't think about that. But <laughs> um, they kept referring to it as the like, kitty league, and I was like, what? Uh, like that was yeah. my nightmare in this episode. To be honest, like I was like, stop saying kitty league. <laughs> it did really bother
0: me too,
2: especially
0: because it's like kind of the climb, emotional climax of the episode, or at least what's supposed to be. And he like keeps saying kitty league.
1: Yeah, like, it's really distracting. Working. Yeah. <laughs> Uh,
0: But yeah, so, okay, I mean, I guess just kind of touching on what we said earlier, I do think the, oh, I think that what they're going for with kind of the overall, the, the Billy's, the little boy, like, his story, um, is that, like, this is an episode that's all about kind of mixing the mundane horrors with supernatural horrors, because, like, yeah, that, like, ultimately one of Buffy's biggest fears is her relationship with her father, but then also she has... You know, a nightmare about facing the master and him killing her. So I feel like there's a lot. Other um, this, until that conclusion, the final scene, I feel like this episode did a good job of kind of mixing mixing those all into one and kind of again establishing like this is a show where human emotions are still human emotions, and sometimes it's about real world things, and sometimes it's about monsters. Um, so in that, I think that's what they were kind of going for with him. But again, it is weird. It's ultimately. a little
1: bit clunky it just didn't at the quite end. work, Yeah, right. but it did kind of raise that. Thing of like what I was noticing is like honestly choosing to move the show to this town and having the town be based on this Hellmouth like it's a really convenient clever solution for like yeah. <laughs> how to get all this weird stuff happening and then have like a plausible reality like mm-hmm. or a plausible explanation like in this reality like mm-hmm. like this kid got beat up by his Little League coach and he's in a coma and weird stuff is happening and Giles can just have a throwaway line of like, well, it's easier than you think on a Hellmouth. Like, Mm -hmm, you know, but mm -hmm. it's like, but it does allow you to tell these stories of like grounding these supernatural things in the real world because like people in Sunnydale are just going through their lives and living their lives, but Mm -hmm. it's having this weird effect because of like the mystical energy around them. And I think this is one of the examples we get where it's, like, not, like, a demon or, mm-hmm. like, someone yeah. causing it. It's, yeah. like, just the energy that exists in this right. place. Like, and maybe totally. this kid will grow up and discover that he's, like, a witch or something. But, like, right. you know, like, that this can just happen to one person in the town. And this ripple effect mm-hmm. can happen and, like, have this as the explanation. That's and this point. is one of the few examples where we see that. But I think where we get into trouble is, like, I don't know what story we're trying to tell. Like, are we trying to tell a story right, right. about, like, confronting our fears and our nightmares right. Or Which, we like trying, the to have, was trying to have right, it or, really or we trying to be about that? Yeah, or or like overcoming your fear to like save the day. Like Buffy really mm-hmm. has to like she's think she's been turned into a vampire, and she still has mm-hmm. to like find the mental strength to like help like in this problem. Right. But at the same time, like, are we also trying to tell a cautionary tale of like kids getting preyed on by their little
0: league coaches? Right. Like, right. I like I think, to me, yeah. that's
1: where it didn't quite. It like, fell
0: apart there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but. The, the elements of this were so good that I feel like I'm I'm giving it a pass. The plot yeah. doesn't totally check out at the end, but the execution is like so good Yeah. otherwise. Um, um
1: I do want to talk about what you were going to get into with like okay. how this ties into later seasons, but first I feel like I must mention Giles's paisley scarf.
0: Oh, I didn't even notice uh, his paisley scarf. He wore
1: it throughout the entire episode <laughs> and he needs to burn it. I like, like never no, it's like a scarf that he just, just threw spark? over his blazer. Oh, okay. But you should go back and check it. It's, oh, I will. It's the worst, Paisley. I,
0: <laughs> I, I was too busy focused on uh, Cordelia's little puffy uh, hairband. Well, we didn't talk I about Cordelia's <laughs> nightmare,
1: which was just oh, looking God, yes. ugly and Getting dressed like hair. an Amish person, essentially. And joining the chess club. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Again, yeah. She is great in this episode, too. She's always great. It's no wonder they wrote her a bigger uh role in later seasons.
1: Well, I think, obviously, with this season, like she doesn't really know what's going on, so she can't mm-hmm. really be too much a part of the action, but um, I think by the end of the season, she gets a little more involved. So
0: um. Um, Also, I think, just like a good question this episode kind of brings up, is it's like, so in Giles slash Buffy's Nightmare, she gets turned into a vampire, but she's clearly still herself, not yes. a soulless Buffy, and I have no idea if that is... I mean, I'm not sure that the show knows either. But like, is it because she's a slayer? Is it because this is a dream? I'm not sure what what the implications of that are. Has there ever a slayer that got gets turned into turned into a vampire? Was there ever one? Obviously, there's not in the show, but
1: I'm sure there must have been, and I don't know. I, yeah. I would assume that in this particular episode, it's just because this stuff is all happening on kind of a superficial level. Like mm-hmm. maybe, I mean, it isn't. It isn't. Like some of this stuff seems to have real consequences. Like that right. clown coming after Xander is terrifying. Um, it could <laughs> murder. To your life could murder well, I'm saying like he that clown had a knife. Like he could oh, murder okay. Xander, but like Xander, right, right, right. I, mean, okay. I mean, like this other girl got beat up by this right. monster. And she's like really it's in a, the hospital. yeah, right. but but I. I think like the stuff with the vampires like because like Buffy wasn't like I think the nightmare is like her being a vampire not like necessarily having turned into one it's just like mm-hmm. a superficial fear of like Yeah. Well not a superficial fear I don't really know if I'm saying this right but like No,
0: I mean I think you're, it's applied superficially maybe.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like she's a vampire but she hasn't I don't think, like, in her nightmare, she's thought beyond, like, what kind of vampire would I be? Like, what, right, like right. how evil would I be? It's just, like, purely, like, visually, I am a vampire. Mm-hmm. And I but think I that's... question a... her fear would go deeper
0: than that, but I think you're right that she just hasn't...
1: Or maybe it's convenient for the story like, that you can't yeah. have an evil Buffy who's uninterested in saving the day. <laughs> so... <laughs> right,
0: right. Because um, the Master's yeah. telling her,
1: like, this is real, so...
0: Although, I mean, again, it's real while it's happening, but then the Master isn't... I don't think this frees him. You know, he's... No, I mean, well, that's a really good question. Like,
1: is this the real master or just, like, the Nightmare Master? Like, Hmm. I don't think it's the real master. Like, I think he has nothing to do with this, really.
0: Hmm. Um, Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. Um, But, yeah, so... I guess just kind of moving on, I I just want to say up front that I'm... Like, we never really shy away from spoilers, but I think we don't say necessarily explicitly things that happen but I'm definitely gonna do that for fair a warning <laughs> um, although it mostly it's insignificant things like musical re- references to the music episode. but um, but you're referencing
1: specific events in super and specific yeah, episodes so yeah. like if you're listening and you don't want to know then fast forward
0: yeah um but yeah so I feel like there was scene after scene in this episode of things that literally happen later so like I mean and so like yeah on a superficial level it's Not on a superficial level. We just have been saying that word a lot. It's stuck in my head. Um, Like, in the very beginning, Giles is in the library. He's talking about... He makes some joke about a musical. But then in the musical episode of Buffy, he sings the line about, like, we could be trapped inside some kid's nightmare. So, like, that's crazy. Um,
1: Oh, because he's saying, like, if this was just our dreams, this would be, like, a musical comedy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, And then...
0: Okay, so also, like, Buffy's fear about her dad... I mean, basically, does come true. I mean, I don't think he... He never tells her she's the reason for their divorce, but he does disappear from her life. I mean, and the show totally could have brought him back, especially in later seasons. There's totally a, an entryway for him to be part of the show, but he he leaves her. You know, he's not... He doesn't care about her in the later seasons.
1: No, I mean... He's a bad dad. <laughs> season five, like, he essentially yeah, exactly. just, like, becomes a deadbeat dad.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, she needs a new parent, and he is too busy, like running around Europe to come back home. Well, so, it's not
1: even that she needs a new parent.
0: Don right, needs Don a new does. parent. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, also, Giles walks into the cemetery and sees Buffy's tombstone. Like, literally, we're all gonna see Buffy's tombstone again. Also, Buffy is literally gonna get trapped into a coffin again and have to call her way out again. Yeah. Like, oh, so much of this is like, and I don't feel like it's, I need to say it in, like, a really great way. I feel like what happened with this episode is they were, like, so... I feel, like I said, they stumbled onto things that were so good that they were, like, all things that have to get explored again later. Not like they're being cheap and, like, oh, we're just doing the same thing over and over again. Like, it really, I think, like, they realized so much of this was working and then decided to just go with it. Um,
1: Or also, I mean, some of this, too, like, you're talking about references in the musical episode. I mean, like, at that point, we're in season six. Like, we've (laughs) just had enough happen where it's, like... You can do callbacks, and it's mm-hmm. yeah. it's really cool. I mean, there's one episode in season seven that I love because they essentially it's like a speed like run through of every demon that's ever visited the show in seven mm-hmm. seasons. Um, Wait, I don't know what episode
0: you're talking
1: about. Like in the high school, like when um, ah. when
2: yeah. uh, when Don, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: okay. yeah.
0: yeah. Um, <clears throat> but we've no, already spoilers that we're still like not really. <laughs> we yeah, are. we are and we're
1: not. Yeah, but the no, but you're right. I mean, like the stuff that gets explored. I mean for some reason, I I feel like this episode and the season four finale for Willow are really interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, But for everyone, like, they're always, like, they always have these nightmare dream episodes and I think what the show does them so well is, like, and I don't know if they're consciously trying to tie this into the idea of, like, Slayers having prophetic dreams Mm -hmm, and, like, mm -hmm. especially in the season four finale when, like, everyone's in, like, the same dream, kind of, and, like, it kind of bleeds over, but, like, a lot of what happens in that is like prophetic and like mm-hmm. I don't know if All that's of it. I
0: mean, yeah exactly but,
1: I, <laughs> but I don't know like in this episode if they're consciously doing that where it's like they're having these nightmares and like is it Buffy's power that's like making yeah. them kind of prophetic or is it just an accident of like the writers realizing down the road like hey that we had some nice good word. stuff there let's explore it I think it's um, a happy
0: accident I feel like it would I, I can't imagine that they were totally unaware of it but I do feel like that wasn't why they told this episode, it wasn't, here's all the things that we're going to do for seven seasons, I, but I do think that they, that yeah. later, I think that when they repeated them, I, I would like to think that they were kind of aware of it, like, oh yeah, this is, yeah, now it totally works as a pro- prophecy episode. That's, a, that's so cool. <laughs> it's, uh, <love> yeah. It.
1: <laughs> it's really, really cool. I mean, like, that's the thing I'm saying, like, I just don't understand why I never remember this episode. Exactly. Like, it's that's really, so good. this choreographs
0: everything that they're going to do, and I completely forgot about it. But
1: I wonder if it's, Perhaps it's one that I haven't seen as many times as other ones, or maybe it's that it mm-hmm. falls in between the puppet show and the next episode, which I also really find memorable. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's it. But I like I was just like blown away watching this. Like I was like, why, why is this one that I never like really remember? Like I always mm-hmm. remember kind of like the part with where Buffy turns into of the Empire. I always forget that part. But...
0: That's the, one, that's the part I remember the least, which is so weird.
1: But I was watching it, and, like, I was like, oh, yeah, they're going to go into, like, have, like, nightmares. But then, like, the little boy showed up, and I was like, oh, yeah, forgot about that part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, just a lot of it, like, doesn't stick, but, like, it's really well done and, like, really yeah. clever and, like, it's a smart approach. And totally. I feel like deserves more recognition, at least in my own brain, mm-hmm. um, which it doesn't get, sadly.
0: Yeah. No, I
1: agree. No, but um, this is a really good, I think, like one-two set of episodes. It like, was. especially then, coming into the end of the season, like we don't get a lot of yeah. like tie-in with like you know, angels. Not in either of these episodes. Mm-hmm. It would have been really interesting, I think, to tie in angels' nightmares in this, I but agree. we don't see any angels of that. Just run out of
0: time.
1: Yeah, um, look, we've kind of taken a breather, and I think it's because angels tied more into the vampire plot, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. and maybe you know that's why maybe he'll come back for the finale but um or I don't even know the next episode like I don't know how long he's kind of gone but I mean in story-wise it makes sense like Buffy's just found out that he's a vampire Mm -hmm. that they can't be together and like Mm -hmm. this is the show not immediately forgetting about that and like just letting that actually happen like of course Angel would be gone for a while because Mm -hmm. like they're not interacting like that's Right, you know, and as long as there's no major vampire crises coming up, like why would he need to be there to warn anyone? Because mm-hmm. that's kind of his role is like just warn them about what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to say this reminded me though, like this episode, because you're talking about like these nightmare scenarios that are happening and like Buffy turning into a vampire, mm-hmm. and like kind of how this ties into like stuff that happens later in the show. You know, in the years since Buffy, there's been a lot of um, vampire pop culture stuff, like other uh-huh. shows on TV. Oh, yeah. and, Oh, has there? Yeah. And (laughs) I, you know, I did watch a very large chunk of, like, vampire diaries and stuff, Mm -hmm. and, like, you know, read, like, vampire novels. You know, Mm -hmm. someone I know sent me all these (laughs) Vampire Academy books. I don't know who did, but it was a good friend. Um, But but a very common thread of all of these is by the end of a series or, like, very, like, once you're, like, far into it, Mm -hmm. it seems to be a common thread of, like, at least half the cast has like turned into a vampire, or oh, like you know, become mm-hmm. all these things that they're fighting. And and I was thinking about that, like Buffy's still really singular in that we do introduce more supernatural elements into the cast. Like, you know, spoilers again, but like Willow pursuing like Wicca and mm-hmm. like Oz coming in and obviously not being entirely human and mm-hmm. um, Anya and Anya, like all of yeah. these things. But like no one in he the cast, gone, sort of. Yeah, exactly. But like. And and there are vampires that become a part of the story and the the main cast, but like no mm-hmm. one in the cast turns into a vampire because in this world that they're built,
2: well.
1: right. but like For more, yeah you're right but now. but in this world. Right. That, that they've built like turning into a vampire is not just a, like something that you then have to like work around and live your life right, around it's right. like it's the worst fate that would befall you like yeah, because yeah. in this world like you're not yourself when you're a vampire you mm-hmm. lose your soul you become this other demon thing and mm-hmm. I think that's part of it is like in this mythology like vampires are more they're, they're tied more to like demons like they're mm-hmm. demonic and mm-hmm. like you, you do lose your humanity and like in these other shows it's like this whole thing of like being a vampire and retaining your humanity and like
0: Interesting. in this yeah. world
1: like that's not a thing that's possible and you don't do it and like people get killed by vampires and like you know like there are consequences but no one turns into a vampire and it's like let's make it work like mm-hmm. no yeah. that doesn't happen yeah. and, I th- and I thought I was thinking about that I was like oh like actually I still really appreciate that the show did that because I feel like it's sort of almost seems like lazy writing, like it sounds mm-hmm. exciting the first time someone turns into a vampire, but then when mm-hmm. half your cast is now a vampire it's like, because did you decide that this is just easier to tell the story if everyone has special powers, or right, right. like I, to me that yeah. comes across as like kind of lazy, because then you kind of lose the grounding element of like, right. humans trying to deal with this like, supernatural craziness. What yeah. If they're no Though, longer human,
0: yeah. who cares? <laughs> yeah, Interesting. Yeah. Though I do think that Buffy does, a, you know, do a good job of all, always wrestling with and never really coming to a solid conclusion of like, what does it mean? Like, are they pure evil? Are they pure good? And kind of like how Buffy specifically grapples with yeah. kind of those conundrums. Yeah, but like it's, yeah, it's interesting because they were always, they're people who were always vampires in the show, not yeah not anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But
1: that's my favorite pop- for vampire yeah. diaries, obviously. <laughs> yeah, he turns into a
0: vampire in Vampire Academy. I forget almost all of that.
1: You know, that one I feel like is less. I'm less critical of that one because I feel like in this world, like, almost everyone's already a vampire because we're Mm -hmm. dealing as vampires as, like, a society in that world. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a little bit less of a, like, we're turning people into vampires. Mm, Right, Um, right, right, right. But again, that's part of it. It's, like, you're not, it's not so much about the human element. It's more about, like, this whole world of mystical, like, supernatural creatures, essentially, um, and how their world operates. But, like, Buffy's very much grounded in the human experience. Right,
0: you're right, you're right.
1: Which I think Um, is what makes it work. Like, all of this turns out to be a fabulous metaphor for the human experience. Right, that's like,
0: yeah, kind of going back to what, what we were talking about before, where, like, this episode really mixes all the mundane, not mundane, like, boring, but, like, everyday human conflicts with these bigger monster ones. I mean, I feel like that's ultimately why Buffy is so resonant for me is because, like, all of the major moments have to do with a personal battle of some kind. Like, they all ultimately are because... Of the main character's humanity, I don't know. Yeah, she's or that always struggling with all
1: relatable. That. Like, I mean, I was yeah. talking before in like the third episode. Like, Cordelia has this horrific, you know, driver's ed experience because mm-hmm. she's had a spell cast on her. But we've all had horrific driver's ed experiences, yeah. or like we all have this recurring nightmare about missing a test. Like, mm-hmm. these are the reason this works is because everyone can watch this and be like, "Oh, I've been there." But like, mm-hmm. the reasoning might be different. But mm-hmm. like, you can still relate to like that experience, and yeah. you know. And you could be a little jealous, like, well, pff, at least it's not just your brain being stupid, it's, like, this little kid is, right. like, you <laughs> yes, know, so like, they, I sort happen. of feel like they get, like, a pass.
0: <laughs> true, 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 true.
1: Um, um, no, it's just,
0: it's, but, yeah.
1: it works like gangbusters, it really works. Totally,
0: does. I really liked both of these episodes. And, oh, and then I guess just kind of, yeah, to, to jump off with, I think both of these episodes, watching them, I was like, oh, this is where the show turned from we're not totally sure what we're doing to... We know exactly what we're doing. Like, I think from this moment on, nothing happens that's out of character. Like, even in this episode, Allison, I'm sorry, um, Willow makes reference to her parents and how they're, like, absentee parents. And that, like, that's true. And they yeah. discuss it later. Like, nothing is out of out of sequence anymore. Um, yeah. And I and I it really got the sense that, like, in these, couple, these last episodes that, like, you know, we've mentioned several times that they recorded all of season one at once and then it aired, so they weren't getting any feedback other than from, you know, themselves, like the writers in the set. Um, But I feel like they were definitely learning lessons because you can just, like, watch these episodes happen and just get better and better. And then again, like, with this episode specifically with Nightmares, like, I think that the showrunners also, or the showwriters also all saw, oh, these items specifically are things that are working, and so we're going to draw from those later as the series progresses. Like, I don't they're just really good templates of, like, we figured out what we're doing and we figured out what we're going to do.
1: You know, I've been meaning to, speaking of the writers, that's a good point, I've been meaning to kind of keep track of who wrote what episode, and I've been failing at that.
2: (laughs) Um, So it might be
1: interesting to go back and, like, reference, like, any of these season one writers if they later had a hand in any of those later episodes that we were talking about. Yeah. Um, It'd be very cool if they did.
0: Yeah, no, I don't don't know how many of the writers stayed with it. Yeah, that's
1: a good point. Yeah, I don't know how many were, like, long-term. Hmm. Okay, well
0: That's That's yeah. everything
1: I have to say about these two I think I'm done I mean, I feel like um, Like I said, these are just two Two episodes that work really well together mm-hmm. um, I think for I think what it is too is it's like This really was like a good These two episodes I mean, it really shows yeah. what the show can do Totally, um, yeah Especially because some of the early episodes where they're trying the exact same thing mm-hmm. and failing, and, and you have yeah. <laughs> like Teacher's Pet and like you know I Robot, you, Jane, and compare mm-hmm. them to these two, and it's like no, this is the this is how you do it, like mm-hmm. this is the correct way that this works. Yeah, um, and I think that's what they realize with the pack, like they can do it, like it can work, it right. can, But maybe you just have to take it a little darker or in a different direction, or have it actually affect your main characters in like a different way, and mm-hmm. um, like they're really getting. I think, in the groove of, like, what they can do. And the the last two episodes of the season are excellent as well. Yeah. Um, like, next week we've got, um, we've got the... What's the name of that one? It's... I forget. Uh, I'm gonna look
0: it up. I just looked it up, too.
1: Out of Mind, Out of Sight.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember what happens in that one. I only remember Oh,
1: that's that. The Invisible Girl. Oh, my God. I was
0: just... Okay. Yeah. I was just thinking about that episode because we were kind of talking about
1: it, but... Okay. I, um... So, I just saw on TV the other day, I don't remember if I talked about this in a previous episode, but I saw She's All That. Mm-hmm. Um, I think <laughs> I did, did talk about it. And there's a girl in the movie who is the invisible girl on Buffy. So, yes, yes. that got yeah, me very yeah. excited for this She's episode. in The lot things. She is, yes. Mm-hmm. I don't remember her name, but she did.
0: I think she's in the my faculty. She's in the faculty. I think she's in
1: Carnival. Mm. Like that TV show? I, I think. Yeah. Um, she's shown up in a few things. Well, mm-hmm. we can talk about it when we watch yeah. the episode. So we've got Out of Mind, Out of Sight, and then we've got Prophecy, Prophecy Girl. Prophecy, yeah. Oh, Prophecy
0: Girl, right. Yes,
1: mm-hmm. which is the finale of mm-hmm. this season. And I can't wait. I do love that episode. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I love both of the next two episodes. And, the, you know, speaking of wanting more Cordelia, Cordelia mm-hmm. is a big player in the next episode. So I'm yeah. looking forward to that. Me too. Um, Okay, but for this week, that's it for these two.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I think
1: we're... Yeah. So uh, what are your uh, pop culture references or recommendations this week? You want to talk about this documentary?
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I already said <laughs> everything notable about it. But um, I, it definitely used to be on Netflix. I'm sure it's not anymore. But I, I, I would think it's easy to find. Um, What's
1: the name of it again?
0: It's called Her Master's Voice. And Master's it's by Voice. a woman named Nina Conti and uh, C-O-N-T-I Conti. Um, I hope to watch it again
1: soon. And if you do watch that and you enjoy it, you should also check out Family Tree, yeah. which used to be a TV show for one season on HBO. That's mm-hmm. like Christopher Guest and Chris O'Dowd, and it's just very very good. Yeah, um, I only watched the first couple
0: episodes. Maybe I should try
1: it. And- I really enjoyed it, and I like. I think it was just really low key, and um, like it didn't get picked up for a second season. Mm-hmm. which was a bummer because obviously, like I want Chris O'Dowd to exceed at, or succeed at everything that he does. Mm-hmm so upsetting. Um, I should really rewatch the IT crowd. Um, <laughs> is
0: that, is that going to be your recommendation? Um, it could
1: be, but actually the one I wanted to talk about was um, I started watching Anne with an E on Netflix. Um, I don't know what that is. Which is the new retelling oh. of Anne of Green
0: Gables. Okay. I thought you were saying Anne with an E is the name of it.
1: <laughs> it is. That is the name of it. It's called Anne with an E. Really? Yeah. I no, know. I I, I'm okay. not so into the name. I don't really hmm. understand the need to do that, but it's like actually like a... I hate saying this, but it's, like, a gritty retelling. (laughs) But, no, it's, like, it's more of a realistic retelling, like, with the idea of, like, if you were now 13, not 11, like, in the books, but if you were Mm -hmm. a 13-year-old orphan girl who had lived your whole life unloved, unwanted, passed around from family to family or orphanage to orphanage, like, you would be traumatized by these experiences. Mm -hmm. And they kind of try to bring that into the story a little bit more. Like, it's basically telling the story in an expanded way. Like, I think the first season isn't even going to get all the way through the first book, which, at first, I was kind of like, well, how does that work? But then, the more I think about it, it's like, well, the thing about the movies is they always had really older actors playing, like, 11, 13-year-old girls, Mm -hmm. right? And like. If you're trying to do this in a realistic way, like, you could have different actors play it. But I think the idea is, like, to take it in a slow enough way that, like, the characters and the actors will age with the show. Mm -hmm. Like, kind of, at least the child actors, I'm assuming. Like, if the first three seasons cover book one, then that's perfect timing for her to end up, like, 15, 16 at the end of the third Mm -hmm. season, if they film that many. But I've watched two episodes so far. It's definitely, like, more expansive than the book's. Hmm. Some ways it's really good. Some ways I'm kind of like, did we need to rewrite this whole section of the book from like (laughs) half a page to like 45 minute episode? But um, it's interesting. Like I'm I'm excited to keep going and I would definitely recommend it for anyone who enjoyed the, uh, you know, Mm -hmm.
0: I've never read them. I guess
1: like the eighties or nineties they made those T V movies. I don't really remember. I haven't seen those but either. if anyone's ever seen those or read the books, and they're some of my favorite books from when I was a kid, so hmm. um obviously I was always gonna watch this, but I was a little bit curious how I would like it because I was kind of like, Do we need a gritty retelling of Anthony yeah. Gables? Like, come on. But I think it's done in more of a thoughtful approach of like it's only darker because they're exploring more of the darker repercussions of like what her life would have been. Mm-hmm. Um so, Interesting. Yeah, so that would be mine because I've started watching a couple episodes. I'll probably watch a few more today um, <laughs> in between trying to get work done. So I'm um, gonna see Guardians of
0: the Galaxy 2 tonight. Yay.
1: I'm excited., oh, Baby Groot. <laughs> I read a, like an article about why baby Groot is terrible.
2: Oh, and I was gonna like, read that
1: oh. "No, you shouldn't." It was horrible. <laughs> it was basically like because it's like too charming and too cute, and it was like <laughs> you're like a cynical person. Goodbye.
0: Yeah. You're too mean and too yeah. not cute.
1: He's amazing. Yeah. Um,
0: okay. okay, I look forward to it.
1: All right. So that's it for this week. So. Um,
0: Next yeah. week, episodes eleven and twelve, mm-hmm. uh, and saying goodbye. I'm Team Spike,
1: and I think this week I'm Team Sid. <sighs> oh, I can't believe I just said that like uh, it just went team team and dummy team I don't know dummy. I think I'd I think I take it back no, <laughs> no you can't take it back
0: you're definitely getting a dummy for your birthday
1: no oh no
0: <laughs>
1: alright we're not going to be friends with my birthday <laughs> once more with commentary is produced by me Allie and me Ginny our theme music is from the
0: album Rockingham by Nerf Herder
1: and our podcast logo is by Ryan Cooney you can email us at scoobies at oncemorewithcommentary.com with any feedback, questions, comments that you have and find us on Twitter and Instagram at podcast.
0: You can also find our most recent episodes and any show notes at oncemorewithcommentary.com.